0: Hear ye, hear ye. Coming to you from the Baker Law Group, Studio 107. It's SOL. Live, raw, and uncensored. With your host, Drew Baker. Shady that Bank, just happened. Matt Dixon, the Iron Man. And Kristen Camacho, the Enforcer.
1: I didn't choose this.
0: A podcast dedicated to protecting your rights by exploring the law, politics, and current events. You have the right to remain silent and listen or call in and become a part of the show. And now, here's your host, Shay and Babe.
1: A trip to the mailbox reveals you're pre-qualified for a debt consolidation loan with an epic low interest rate. We can help. Call now. But wait. On the call, you're not pre-qualified. Instead, we will consolidate your debt. Why the fake check? Why do they want you to call? How did they even get your information? All in today's show, data security and the debt settlement bait and switch. Welcome back to the SOL Podcast. I am your host, Shake and Bake. Let's go through the roll call, Matt Dixon. I am so ready to be back, Drew. It's been way too long. It has been too long. Way uh, too long. For those of you that don't Excited. know, I was out in New Mexico on an elk hunt and I came back with nothing, but I did see some phenomenal scenery. It's beautiful out there. And uh, Kristen, the enforcer,
2: I'm here.
1: She's here because she held down the fort I while I was gone. My
2: will.
1: Against your will. And you, you did an excellent job of holding down the fort while I was away. Yeah. We've got a special guest today, Jeremy Heck from Luffman Heck & Associates. How are you today, Jeremy? Very well, thank you, and happy to be here. Well, we're really happy to have you. Thank you for coming in. It's much appreciated. We've got an incredibly interesting topic today. That's why Jeremy's here, because this is his area of law that he practices on a regular basis. The title of our show today is Data Security and the Debt Settlement Bait and Switch. I'm going to assume that everybody out there has had at least one experience with receiving a flyer in the mailbox that says that they're eligible for a debt consolidation loan or to have their debts consolidated through what might be labeled as a debt consolidation plan or some form of a debt consolidation payment plan. We're going to cover that today. We have one in studio. It just so happens that Matt is the lucky recipient. Matt actually was lucky enough yesterday to get one of these flyers. He brought it in. He was incredibly excited. What did it tell you, Matt? It told me that I was
3: approved for a loan for $35,500. Holy cow. That's quite a bit of money. It was perfect. I've been thinking about this new boat forever, and now I finally have the money to do it.
1: That's uh, that's amazing. And I, I guess your credit's a little, a little shaky or
3: well i don't know they're giving me 35.5 as a new loan how can my credit be shaky i don't know 35 grand
1: so they're gonna give you thirty-five thousand dollars. did they send you an actual check yes they did they sent me a copy of a check what was there was there like a
3: mailer with it that said anything it did it did it said i had to call in i had to call in to
1: consolidate i see hand that over to me okay i've got it here let me i'm just gonna read it real quick it says uh Dear Matt, today is the day to finally free yourself from high interest credit card debt. Just right. great news right off the bat. Fantastic. We are writing to notify you that you've been pre-approved for a debt consolidation loan of up to $35,500 at a rate as low as 3.92. I'm no financial guy, but that sounds like a pretty solid like rate. Lower than most mortgages. Yeah. Now, it says here the only thing you need to do is simply call the number to receive a check you can use to pay off your high interest credit cards in just a few weeks. I mean, that's a pretty nice day at the mailbox, that's right? I mean, were you excited?
3: I was, yeah, I'm I'm actually gonna be skipping and hopping to my mailbox today, hoping to get another one.
1: You might. Yeah. I mean, it, now that they know you're interested, maybe you will. So, as, as you can see in the example below, this company can arrange a conversion of your high interest debt and a low rate debt consolidation loan that will save you significant money, more than $400 next month alone. So think about that. You're going to you're going to have an extra 400 bucks. That's, that's my boat payment. That's telling you. This is all working out great. Um, it says don't miss this special opportunity. So obviously you're special special in many ways. Uh-huh. And um, tens of thousands of dollars over the entire life of your loan—that's how much you could save. This, this yeah. is just this is amazing. And they gave you a looks like a personal reservation code. I, I, I'm a VIP. What I? Oh, that? that I mean that's got to mean something. So make sure you highlight that. Don't lose it. Down at the bottom, it talks about uh, in this very informative chart. See how much you can save. For example, your credit card balance twenty five thousand five hundred. Average interest rate, 19%. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Existing yeah. minimum payment, 561. That's the boat payment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with this particular company, after you make this call, this is great. You're going to qualify for an added 10000 a consolidation loan of 355 dollars with an interest rate of 3.92. Guess what your new minimum payment's going to be? What, 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 what? One hundred and thirty seven oh dollars.
3: I mean, That's going to be perfect. This, this is depending great. Depending on what I hear today. I mean, I'm planning right after this podcast to make that phone call.
1: OK, perfect. Well, let's go ahead and talk to Jeremy about it because I'm with you. I mean, if it's this good, I'm in. This sounds great, Jeremy. What, what
2: am I missing? The loan offer on its face sounds really good. Uh, like Matt had mentioned, the interest rate is less than you would get with with a secured loan, and, right. and this is for this is an unsecured offer for basically somebody that has high debt amount. Um, but what they're not telling you is that it's really not a loan. It's not. Uh, it's not a loan. <laughs> um, now I can't speak to every company and every mailer that goes out, but I see a lot of these. And so, what's going to happen when Matt calls in to to obtain this loan to get his boat? is they're going to put the phone down. They're going to say, oh, well, let's uh, let's check with underwriting. Uh, let's see if you qualify for this, which he absolutely should already qualify for because they said he did. They, they, they are based on criteria in his consumer report he should already qualify for it. They, they sent him a check. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> he just had to call in, right? That's it. Um, but what they're going to do is they're going to put the phone down and, and they're going to put their hand over the phone and they're going to act like that the, they're talking to underwriting and they'll hmm. use that term, underwriting. And then they're going to get back on the phone and say, well, unfortunately, Mr. Dixon, you didn't qualify for this loan. Oh. But, but oh. guess what? That You're stinks. in luck. We have uh, a program for you. And then they're going to pitch you a debt settlement program.
1: All right. You qualify for the debt settlement program. Now that sounds even better than
2: that $35,000 loan. I don't know what it is exactly, but what's a debt settlement? The debt settlement industry is usually for unsecured credit card debt.
1: So people that just run their cards up, get to the max limit, can't pay the minimum payments.
2: Right. That's exactly right. Now there are a lot of problems with the industry. Uh, They take a lot of upfront fees. Um, that people get sued on these debts all the time, and then they can't help you because normally they're, they're located out of the state of Ohio and they don't have uh, law firms or attorneys that can help you defend that case. So there, there are a lot of other issues with the debt settlement industry. But for this mailer, the particular issue is, is twofold. One, they're very deceptive in the way that they bait and switch you. They're acting like they're offering you a loan when they have no intention of ever giving you a loan. They just want you to call to pitch the debt settlement program. Mm -hmm. And two, it's where the data originates. And to me, that's the most problematic part of these mailers.
1: I was going to ask, so Matt got this. How did they find him? Like, where would they have found his name and contact information to send this out to
2: begin with?
3: They're not going through my trash, are they? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah.
3: As, no, far as, I,
1: trash.
2: <laughs> as far as I know, the industry has not stooped to that yet. Although, don't hold your breath. Right. Um, but, but, and again, I'm, I'm, I can't speak to every mailer, but the vast majority of these mailers, they're getting your data from your consumer reports. Okay. And so, Equifax, Experian, TransUnion, uh, that that's where they're getting the data. Now, you mentioned before when we were
1: talking that this is kind of a new tactic? Like before it used to just be called, we want to consolidate your debt, but this is a new angle on it where they send the check and whatnot?
2: Well, kind of. I, I've been okay. doing this for about nine years. Um, uh, we've been pursuing the debt settlement industry for 15 years, but but I noted about nine years ago that these mailers my clients were getting uh, were suspiciously accurate, meaning that that these companies sending the mailer, they had all the information that they should not have, such as my, my clients' unsecured debt balances, recent delinquencies, how many trade lines they have, um, a lot of data they, they just should not have access to, right? And, and back then they were just sending a mailer advertising for debt settlement. And, and so it was still illegal. Um, but it wasn't the bait and switch tactic. That has came along in I'd say the last three or four years. So now it's the same type of mailer. They're still pitching the debt settlement program, and that's what the the advertisement is actually for, but they're acting like they're they're offering a firm offer of credit.
1: Wow, it's not looking as good as it did maybe what fifteen minutes ago, Matt, when you ran into my office with that check. I am shocked. Well, I know you are um so if I'm a consumer, i re- receive one of these, maybe I'm in a bad spot, and I really do need some help financially. What's your advice for those people that might make the call?
2: Well, if you're truly interested in the loan that's purported to to being mm-hmm. offered, then then I'd say give them a call and and, and see if they are offering you a loan because uh, th- there are companies that do offer loans. Now it's probably not going to be three percent interest, right? and it's probably not going to be for thirty five thousand dollars, especially. If you're the the person that's getting these mailers, um, a lot of times the people that they're targeting are already in financial distress. So they're the exact people that would not qualify for such a loan. Um, but there, there are loans out there that are available. So you can call them and and you can see if they do offer you the loan. So the illegal part
1: then or the part that would be, you know, in your industry, if uh, you're if you, you going to have cause of action against one of these companies that are doing this, you're... Saying that the illegal part of it is you're advertising that they can give you a loan, but in reality, when you call in, they are doing just the opposite and trying to put you in a program. And there's never really any intention of providing you with credit or a loan at at, at the rates that they're specifying. Is
2: that yeah, that that's correct. And, and in fact, I think again, it's twofold. One is what you just described. That bait and switch is deceptive. And it violates the Ohio Consumer Sales Practices Act. You can't engage in that type of deceptive marketing. If you're going to market for debt settlement, then you should send a a mailer that talks about debt settlement, not act like you're going to offer a loan, only to get the call. Uh, But then again, to me, the more problematic part is the data. Uh, they're, They're getting millions of consumers' data to do this type of marketing, and they're getting it from a consumer report, which most people, including myself, think is probably the most private, sensitive financial information that you have out there. Well, how how are they getting my data? I mean, I, I don't remember signing a release
3: or an application or anything with these companies. How are they how are they getting my data then?
2: Yeah, and that's the problem. You you as a, a consumer can't really stop this from happening because the way that they're getting the data is they're getting a pre-screen list. And a pre-screen list is something that everybody that's listening to this has probably been a part of before, and probably received a solicitation uh, by being a part of that list. And a lot of times it's credit card companies. You know, you get a, a solicitation from Discover Card, and it's because they've gotten a pre-screen list that you met certain financial criteria and that you're a good candidate for their their credit card. And so then they send you that solicitation. Well, that's perfectly legal. Because according to the Fair Credit Reporting Act, you can use those lists to market as long as you're making a firm offer of credit or insurance. So those are the two permissible purposes. So then what these companies do is they act like they have one of those permissible purposes, i.e. the firm offer of credit. But really what they're marketing for is something totally different.
1: They're just using on the front end the law to get what they need, but then turning it around and doing something that they shouldn't be doing
2: yeah they're acting as if they're a company that's going to use it for a permissible purpose even though they know they're not going to so they're getting it under false pretenses that is correct I mean,
3: is that okay are they allowed to do that
2: no that's a violation of the fair credit reporting act it's both civilly um, they're open (laughs) to civil liability and it's a federal crime as well
1: well if i call in to one of these places and i get this you know same procedure where they tell me i'm going to talk to underwriting and Let me put you on hold for just a second and go get a snack and come back. I mean, is this something that I should potentially talk to a
2: lawyer about? Well, well, I think so. And there's a couple of reasons why you should do that. One is this is very sensitive financial data. It's your data. And although you can't stop the consumer reporting agencies from supplying it in a legal way, you can certainly stop them from supplying, supplying it to these companies that have no legal right to it. And so the only way to stop that from happening is to 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 bring a lawsuit against them. So it sounds like there's nothing I can really do to prohibit these companies from getting my information. Not really. Not the way this marketing using pre-screen list works. There's no way you can stop that short of freezing your credit. And what happens if you do that? It's what it sounds like. You, <laughs> you, you freeze your consumer reports and so they nobody can use your consumer reports for anything, including this type of pre-screen marketing. And so yeah, that means you can't use it either. If you need a loan for something.
3: You can't uh, apply for a new card. You can't get an appliance on credit, buy a car, all that. I mean, if you freeze your credit, you you can't apply I for
1: I think it comes up like any time. I, I had done this a while back ago when somebody got a hold of my credit card and I spent like $30,000 that Oops. I didn't know about. Oops is right. That yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, well, at least we know who to... <laughs> Who to report now? But in the interim, I went ahead and froze my credit, and there have been a few things that I've done, uh, even opening a checking account. They said there's a freeze on your credit. We're gonna have to clear it. They had to make a bunch of calls, and it was definitely cumbersome. Not something I would want to do.
2: It's a very cumbersome pro- uh, process, and then when it, when you want to use your credit for something, it takes a while to get it unfrozen. Um, there, there are ways you can opt out of these pre screen lists as well, but then that's putting the burden on you. Yeah, it sucks. And, and then that stops yeah. all of these offers. And, and the reason why uh, Congress has decided to allow certain companies to make firm offers of credit and insurance is that they thought that would be beneficial to the consumer. And, and so that's why they, they accepted those two very narrow um, ways of marketing. Uh, if you if you opt out of these pre-screen lists, then then you're out of everything. So something that Congress has decided is beneficial to you is something that you're now no longer getting.
1: It also seems like they've picked the perfect folks and the perfect position financially. I mean, you're obviously not going to send these out to people that are debt-free, I would guess.
2: I mean, right. And it goes to my point earlier. They're they're acting as if they're offering a loan uh, with very good interest and a pretty sizable loan that's unsecured to somebody that that normally would not qualify for such a loan because what they really want is that candidate. They want somebody that has a lot of unsecured debt, uh, three or more trade lines, recent delinquencies, things that make them a good debt settlement candidate, but that would just disqualify them from actually obtaining a loan.
1: It's like the old common sense rule. If it's too good to be true, it's probably not true. It's probably not true. That's, That's right. correct. Well, what about the debt consolidation industry in general? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on going through the debt consolidation industry to resolve some of those issues?
2: Well, I don't think that that settlement is 100 percent not the way to go. Like, like, like some people think it's just a bad option no matter what. And, and I do, I disagree with that. I think it's a very bad option the way that most companies do it, uh, because the companies that, that I'm going against most of the time, they're located in California or Florida or Texas, and they don't have attorneys in Ohio, and they're taking all the money that you pay them up front in upfront fees. And so you're not saving any money to actually settle to the debt, and then you're going to get sued, and, and the next thing you know, you're, you're, you're going to bankruptcy anyway, but after spending a lot of money. So I think what a consumer needs is to have the options presented to them accurately, Right. Bankruptcy is is an option that always should be discussed. Might not be the best option, but it should be discussed. Uh, debt settlement is an option that should be discussed. Uh, but you have to know the pros and cons. And when you call one of these mailers and you get a debt settlement company located out in California, that's all they do. So they're not presenting you any other options. There's probably no law, I would guess, that requires them to do so either, right? I mean, that's... Well, there, there's no law that requires them to present other options, but the Supreme Court of Ohio has deemed uh, debt settlement to be the practice of law. And so they really shouldn't be doing it anyway if they're not a, you know, an attorney licensed in the state of Ohio. The other thing is there's a, um, a revised code, the Ohio Revised Code 4710. Um, it doesn't ban debt settlement. But it is very strict on how you can perform debt settlement with an Ohio consumer. <laughs> and I can tell you, I have never, not one time, and I've been doing this part of it for 15 years, I've never seen one debt settlement company actually comply with that law. Right. And you were talking to us earlier about how nobody's really doing anything about it. I've seen a lot of actions in other states by AGs, by the CFPB, by the FTC, uh, class actions in other states. I haven't seen a lot of that in the state of Ohio. Interesting. You mentioned earlier that there's some attorneys involved with this at times, like there's some attorney solicitation. Yeah, and and being an attorney, that is actually probably the most problematic part of this. Yeah, These debt consolidation mailers that aren't actually debt consolidation offers, when you get to the end of the line, it's a company that's marketing for a law firm. And so, yes, most of these mailers are actually attorney solicitations
1: well that looks great on the profession right (laughs) Right. just just another one of the similar to the uh, chiropractor visit and then the attorney Mm -hmm. pops out of the closet and says i'm here to represent you on your injury case exactly same kind of garbage that goes on but uh yeah that's a shame i didn't realize that until you mentioned it and i'm assuming those states where these guys are coming from aren't prosecuting the attorneys for the ethics violations of the solicitation otherwise they
2: probably wouldn't be running their firms right it's definitely happened. I've seen uh, some attorneys disbarred uh, in Florida, which Florida is a little bit weird. Uh, they, they'll just- I agree. They're going to make
1: me take the bar exam. <laughs> hey, that's a little bit weird. If you ask me, I'd like to just, you know, pay my two hundred fifty bucks and opt in. But apparently, it's three days in test again and a full three months of studying. So,
2: yeah, they're they're not going to let you motion in or anything no. like that in Florida. Pretty bummed about that. But yeah. anyway. And they'll suspend attorneys or disbar them, but for short periods of time, from what I've seen, for like seven days or two weeks, or and it's a lot what? different than the way oh, yeah, Ohio is- does it. But but I've I've definitely seen some attorneys get caught up in this and 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 get suspended or somehow uh, censured for it.
1: Yeah, I would think that that would be a, a pretty nasty sanction to have on your record. But at the same time, I mean, the solicitation stuff goes on quite a bit in our industry, you know, regardless of what area you practice in. And right, and it doesn't seem to be prosecuted
2: much. It really doesn't. No. And as long as you're complying with the ethical rules, I, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but you can just look at these mailers. I mean, there's no advertisement only. There's the, the firm itself, the law firm itself, that's going to be the one, at the end of the road is not even listed on the mailer. So it's it's unethical in a lot of different ways.
1: Wow. Jeremy was actually contacted by the Wall Street Journal to consult on this issue. The Wall Street J- Journal did an article that was titled, that offer to make you debt-free, it can make you worse off. Uh, there was a Harvard professor that has a quote in this article I want to read. It said, it's Professor Solvern he called the practice of letting customers pay fees in installments a, and he's got in quotes, quite imaginative way of using the fair credit laws provision, allowing the use of credit report data for loan offers. And then again, quote, for a completely different purpose of debt settlement offers. What are your thoughts on that, Jeremy? You think that's a pretty accurate statement?
2: I I do think it's accurate and it's a, it's a novel approach because as I said earlier, One of the permissible purposes, one of the legal purposes of uh, marketing using consumer reporting data is a firm offer of credit. And so what these debt settlement companies or some of them are saying is that if we put our fees off, then that's our firm offer of credit. The actual putting off of the fees is what makes the firm offer of credit, not an, a loan, mm-hmm. uh, which is what we mostly think about when we think of an offer of credit. So
1: the the credit they're extending is a lack of their fees.
2: Yeah. It's it, it, it's <laughs> that's not the extension of credit. It, it's just putting off getting their fees. They're not saying don't Oh, pay they're me. not even. So you're still going to
1: have to pay them down <laughs> right. the road.
2: They're just giving you the credit. for. Oh, I get it. Yeah, okay. That's it. That's, that's even credit, shadier. Credit in the delay
3: <laughs> for the delay in right. payment.
2: It's, it's, a, it's a novel approach. I think this uh, professor said that it was imaginative. Imaginative, yeah. 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 And wow. I imagine that it's violating the FCRA.
1: Well, what are some of the things that can happen if somebody calls in and it's one of these bad form companies that are doing the things they shouldn't be doing? What can happen to the consumer? What are the consequences of maybe going with one of these, quote, dead consolidation loans?
2: Well, I think some of the damage to the consumer has already been done. You, your consumer report has already been pilfered, right? Uh, whether it's Equifax, TransUnion, TransUnion, or Experian, that's something that's data that you should be protecting as a consumer every day. You should monitor it. You should protect it because it could. Uh, re- you've seen it, right? Oh yeah, you've seen it. Absolutely, it could really caused some uh, negative consequences. It's frustrating, and that's already happened. You can't take that back. The inquiry has already been made. Your data has already been used. If you're interested in the loan, you should call the number on the mailer and see if they're actually offering the loan. And then if they're not offering the loan and they're switching you to a debt settlement plan, I would just run away from it. Right. Because that's already a company that has demonstrated they don't care about the law. They're going to violate uh, the federal and state law. And again, these things are, are not just they don't create. Just civil liability. They're also crimes. And if, if you're a company that's willing to commit a crime for marketing purposes, it's probably a company that you don't want to go with.
1: Matt's giving me the look like he still kind of wants to do it though. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> roll the dice. He's been like closing his ears when you're saying some of this stuff because I think he was so excited. And now he's really getting bummed
2: out. Uh, really, the only way to do to, to to get out of debt and to deal with your debt is to make more money and pay it off. Right. to file bankruptcy, to settle your debt. And, and again, that's a viable option. You should just really go with an attorney, uh, a licensed attorney in the state of Ohio. And, and every attorney has done that to an extent. Sure. I mean, it's just a civil action. Right. And so uh, do not go with some company located out on the West Coast.
3: Out of, out of curiosity, so if you pull your credit report with any of the, the three major institutions... Would you see all of these soft credit polls that they're doing? Would you be able to see all the companies that have been asking for your information?
2: Yeah, it'll show up as a promotional inquiry. And so that the, the abbreviation for that is PRM. And that, that's how it will show up on your report. Now, you might not see the company. For example, the mailer that we're looking at, you can't even tell who, what, which company that is. There's a company yeah. listed, but I guarantee that that is not the company that you're going to be talking to. Uh, and that's certainly not the company that's go- they're going to be marketing for. So you might not see the actual company that sent the mailer, but you're going to see these promotional inquiries. And probably it's a marketing company that got the data and then transferred it to the debt mm-hmm. settlement company who then used that data to populate their mailing campaign. So they,
3: they already have all your information. You make this phone call you want to talk to them about the loan consolidation. They're going to ask you all these questions and you're essentially going to confirm all your data, right? I mean, if they're trying to take a quote unquote loan application for a consolidation, they're going to want to ma- ask you about your car loans, your home loans, any outstanding credit card bills you have, your income. So they're going to be asking all those questions.
2: That's a good point, and and they are going to be asking all those questions, and so now you're voluntarily giving this company that's acting illegally more data. Mm-hmm. And right. That, Up-to-date data. That's correct, yeah.
3: yeah. Only for them to come back and, then, and tell you, oh, well, underwriting says you don't qualify for this program.
2: It would be
1: interesting to find out if they're using some of that data and maybe selling that off to other companies. I mean, I guess— it's definitely possible if they're getting it from you. It's definitely possible, and that's next level stuff. Right, I, right. I, I don't it's even beyond know. where yeah. you guys are at now, but I mean, it could certainly. But at,
2: but at that point, you've already you voluntarily gave it.
1: Yeah, right. but under false pretenses, it sounds like. So maybe there's yeah there's something there.
2: And, and so they're not wasting their time by asking all those questions, even though they know they know they're not giving you a loan. A lot of these companies aren't even licensed to give loans. Right. So, but all that information is relevant to their debt settlement program as well.
3: Well, but so, so, so then you call in though. So you call in and you say, "Yeah, I got this this loan consolidation letter." Are they asking you any follow up? Are they just saying, "Oh yeah, let
2: me check with our underwriting department
3: like right away"? Or
2: I, I've seen it happen many different ways. Okay. A lot of times, it's right then they'll they'll act like they're asking their underwriting department, and then there's been some whistleblowers in the industry that say they literally. Hold the phone off to their side. Yeah, they don't have <laughs> right, the and they get back on the phone. Oh, you've been denied. Well, I would give anything to see that footage. Yeah, but, <laughs> there was some cameras around. <laughs> but fortunately, we have this other program for you. Uh, the way I've seen it more lately is they'll wait a day or two. They'll act like they're going to the underwriting department, and then a couple of days later, they'll call you back. Oh, unfortunately, you didn't qualify. But we have this great program for you. So
1: when you do these cases, do you have to, through the discovery process, request things like scripts?
2: Yes, we we definitely request that through the discovery process. As you can imagine, they're very reluctant to provide it. I'm
1: sure. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) Can't imagine why that (laughs) would be, though. That's the
2: strange thing. Yeah. The, The other thing I should mention this, because it's something that's brought up all the time, is they, they say it's demographic data. They say we didn't get this from your consumer reports. It's demographic data. And demographic data actually comes from your consumer reports as well, but you can use it for any type of marketing. But that's the average, the average amount in a zip code plus four. So mm-hmm. you know, you got a geographical area that's got a zip code, and then plus four makes it an even smaller geographical area. And then you take the average amount of debt that the consumers have in that area, and that's demographic data. And so, I recently received one from Newark, and they they were arguing demographic data, and it was a hundred thousand dollars. And so, so they, big payday. They were well, they were arguing with a straight face. The the average debt in Newark is hundred thousand dollars, and that's I find that hard to believe. Yeah, yeah it's probably yeah. not true even in the wealthiest of places. Right,
1: Chris, and uh, have you run into this? Do you see some of these things from time to time in your mailbox?
2: I, I mean, I've gotten a few like Discover letters for cards, but never for debt consolidation.
1: But um... now you mentioned something about the cards when we talked earlier, Jeremy. That they have the same was it opt out language.
2: Yeah, the the legitimate ones will always have the pre-screen opt-out language in it. Again, then you're opting out of all of these firm offers of credit. You may not want to do that, and the burden shouldn't be on you to do that. But the Discover Card solicitation is going to have that language on there. And what Discover Card is doing is perfectly legal. That is a legitimate firm offer of credit, and it's one of the permissible purposes for using consumer data.
1: So it gives them the authority if you call in to run your credit report
2: or what you call it a soft run. Yeah, it's a soft inquiry. It shows up as a promotional inquiry. And that okay. doesn't affect your credit at all. It does not affect your credit. Interesting. Well, this has been incredibly helpful,
1: I think, to a lot of people, including Matt. Unfortunately, <laughs> he won't be able to cash in on his 355. But no, I mean I think this is this is something that everybody needs to know about and that. We're excited that you're out there fighting the good fight and keeping people from being taken advantage of by some of these offers, because ultimately that's what's happening, it seems like. And I'm assuming that these folks that are already in dire straits find themselves even deeper in the hole before it's all said and done if they go forward with these things because of the fees, the interest
2: rates. I mean, most of these consumers, they, they get sued and they end up filing bankruptcy anyway. So but they now go
1: with one of these? How does it affect their credit?
2: Well, okay. if they actually sign up with a debt settlement company, that company is going to tell them that they have to go delinquent on their accounts if they're not already delinquent. They have to go delinquent. You have to go delinquent because they're not. No credit card is is going to settle their debt with you if you're paying them. And <laughs> so, so, so you have to essentially miss payments, right? Go into default, and then they'll help so you
1: that's out. that's
2: going to hurt you a lot. It, it definitely affects your credit score. So you'll go from having whatever your credit score is, if you're not delinquent, it might not be terribly bad to your score is going to drop considerably. Sounds like a dark hole. It sounds like uh, that's really good advice
1: from the attorneys that are sending out the solicitation. I can't imagine telling one of our injury
2: clients, just don't pay your bills. <laughs> yeah. Everything's fine. You, you, know. you know, there's a time and place for everything. And sometimes that is the correct advice. But when you're giving that advice to every single person that calls, calls you, it's, it's it's not the correct advice for everybody. It
1: needs to be tailored to the right situation, I'm yep. sure. Yep. Call Mr. Heck. Let him take care of it because that sounds like a problem that's going to affect not just you, but everybody else on that list that they sent these things out to that responded and found out that it wasn't what they said it was going to be. It's not yeah. the big check like Matt has over
2: there. You just don't want these companies pilfering through your, your reports. Right.
1: Well, thanks so much for coming in today, Jeremy. This has been incredibly helpful. And uh, I'm sure, you know, for the general public out there, this is informative stuff because while I use mine for um, fire starters for my winter fires, I'm building them up right now. I've got quite a nice stash and all that.
2: That's probably a good use for these things. Yeah.
1: yeah I mean, it's, it's better than having to go and buy the newspaper. It really has been a learning experience for us because this is so far out of the realm of what, what we do here. I, I love when people can come in and give us an insight on some things we don't know about.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been great.
1: Absolutely. Well, Matt, um, good to see you as always, my friend. Thank nice you. to be back. No,
2: yeah, it's been and, fun. I was having withdrawal.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry about your check. I do feel bad about that. That's but, okay. You know, you got good advice today. So Thank you, Jeremy. How much are I owe you, by the way? <laughs> we'll
0: discuss.
3: <laughs> I, said, that. I said it was
1: gratis. Uh, <laughs> Kristen, thanks for coming in today. Special thanks to Jeremy again. If these things come through your mailbox and you have questions, please
2: call Mr. Heck at Luffman Heck &
1: Associates. What's the number there, Jeremy?
2: While recorded live on Facebook
1: today, you can find our show at www.bakerlawgroup.net under the subpage SOL Podcast. You can always find us on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for joining us today. We much appreciate you listening in, and we hope to bring you more informative shows as the days go forward. This is Drew Baker, Shake and Bake, signing off for SOL Podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to SOL. Join us next time on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and iTunes. For additional information or questions related to your legal matter, contact the Baker Law Group at 614-228-1882. That's 614-228-1882. Be safe. Know your rights and follow the law. This podcast is adjourned.